Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO, 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demister. So, folks, we're sorry we were not there live and present last week. Uh, I was actually in Florida, and I had a, a great, great time vacation with my parents there. And the yeah, kind of vacation I like to do uh, once or uh, once every few years. So it was a really good time. A lot of action there in Miami. Dom, I tried to get to Dalvin Cook to to sign that uh, offer sheet, but he wouldn't listen to me. So we'll see if my if my kind words pay off uh, a little bit later on during uh, during the off season. But yeah, it's good to be back, Dom. Super excited to do the show. And how are you doing? I'm doing amazing, William. Man, you gotta get cooked to Miami, William. I'm I'm yes. banking on you to make that happen. <laughs> okay, damn, a lot of pressure here. I'll uh I'll make it work, no problem. We uh we had a, we had a good little meeting, Dalvin Cook and I. Of course, I'm kidding, folks. But uh, yeah, it's always a good to kid. We had a really good time, and uh, yeah, thanks uh thanks to CJLO for uh, for re-airing our show. So let's uh, jump into this week. Uh, not too too much happening in the NFL over the last little while. But you know what? Let's actually let, we can start with Dalvin Cook, Don. That's a it's a good uh a good spot to to jump in. The the Dolphins offered uh, Dalvin Cook a a. a contract and offer sheet and uh i don't i don't know if there's been a necessarily a stalemate between both sides but obviously like dalvin cook is in no rush he's going to take his time he's going to look at his best offers uh but uh, yeah so cook was linked to miami for a lot of this offseason and it's official now miami really does want him and they're they're going to make a a big big push for him what are your thoughts on uh, miami's offering the contract and potentially now a little bit of a a waiting game you know obviously we want things to get done quickly but uh, the offseason we see this happen a lot right especially with aaron Rodgers and signing with the jets we know that took forever but did you see this deal happening soon is there another place you can see cook landing Uh, or do you think ultimately he's going to take his talents to south beach as they say Listen, I'm very confused as to the destination Dalvin Cook is selecting and if the Dolphins are interested. It's just weird. I say it's weird only because they spent their only high draft pick, if you want to call it a high draft pick, on Devon Acne. We talked about this a few weeks ago that Devon Acne, I'm I'm kind of excited to see what he's going to bring to the table. And this selection was uh, Mike McDaniel, kind of like was rooting for Devon Acne. So... Why go after Cook if you got already guys like Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. What are your thoughts, William? Would you want Dalvin Cook on this team? I would. I would definitely want Cook on this team. And I think that something that I've said a few weeks on the show, I think Miami has a good running back in Raheem Mostert. He's solid. And unfortunately with him is he's dealt with the injury bug. So I think whenever you could get a guy like Dalvin Cook, no matter who you have on your uh, RB core, you want to get him. But Miami hasn't had like a solid running back that has been able to put the team on his back on his shoulders and win games. Yeah, Moster has been good. Jeff Wilson's been good too. But these aren't like necessarily quote-unquote game breakers. They are good running backs and they've been good enough for Miami to put up points. And ultimately, Miami doesn't necessarily need a top five running back because they have great receivers and they're going to be passing the ball a lot, which is uh, which is something you want to do when you got Tyreek and Waddle, obviously. Uh, but I-, I do hope Miami gets Dalvin Cook. And I- I'm not sure necessarily it's going to happen. I think there's more teams in the mix than uh originally um originally than people thought about but uh, i think that yes it would be a perfect fit i really do he, he played his ball in, in florida state uh he's you know he's a running back that went healthy uh can take the top off of any defense and uh, you know he's just for him it's, it's similar to the raheem most like i said the injury bug but i think he provides miami with a a spark on the offense that they've been lacking for i guess you could say a few years right since i've been a fan miami hasn't really had that necessarily saw it i mean ricky williams been great ronnie brown was one of my all-time favorite running backs but miami needs to get this deal done so yeah i'm pushing hard for them to get to to get cook yeah i guess we'll agree to disagree i think that if in retrospect if cook was going to be coming to miami you don't draft acne that's just my personal opinion i can't wait to see acne i think that mcdaniel definitely saw something in him i want to see a spread offense and uh see this guy catch the ball in the backfield a lot don't get me wrong i like dalvin cook i just don't think it's a right fit in miami more because of how they drafted so that being said if i were to pick a guy where dalvin cook would go or a team i should say i don't have one on the top of my mind but mm-hmm. he's very talented and i'm very confused as to why minnesota is letting this guy go there must yeah. be must be uh, some type of injury that he has that is pretty significant. And again, I come back to Miami. Why are you investing that much money on a guy that clearly should be playing in Minnesota is not? What are your thoughts on that, William? 
Yeah, that's a really good point because we, we talk about it from the Dolphins' perspective and whoever's going to get Dalvin Cook. I think Minnesota now is, I don't want to say in trouble, but I'm a little confused with their offseason. And, you know, people may kind of laugh a little bit when I say Adam Thielen will be a bigger loss than people expect because when you have Justin Jefferson, obviously, um, you're fairly good at the wide receiver position right now. You've got to say he's a top wide receiver in the NFL, maybe even the top player. But I, I don't see much depth on this team. And I was I read an article the other day, and they're super high on the Vikings. And, you know, they're, they're locks to win their division. Um, and, you know, Kirk Cousins is going to have another great year. I mean, when you think about it, Hawkinson was a very good deal. And I like that not only uh, is he on the squad now, but he played in the division. So he's very familiar with, uh, you know, with with playing uh, against the teams he's playing against right now. And I think that he was one of the unsung heroes for uh, Minnesota last year in their, in their little run near the end of the year. But I'm not sure that I'm super high on this Vikings team. And then when you tell me they're going to lose one of their best offensive weapons in Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook as well. I'm just not sure I'm expecting much for this team this year. I don't know if it's a salary cap uh, or at the day what it, what it is, uh, but I'm not so uh, sold on this Vikings team like a lot of people are just because I think that, you know, this division did get better. Chicago uh, is getting better and like the Packers are, we don't know. We don't know what we have in the Packers, but the Lions are getting better every year. And, you know, it's something that we, we say on the show often, but um, I'm not sure if Minnesota got better from last year. If anything, I have to see they got significantly worse just because of the players they lost. So I think it's good to look at it from the Vikings' perspective. Um, and I am a little bit confused as well. Maybe it's, it's it's the injury concerns for Cook. Maybe he wanted too much money. But they're going to have to have a backup plan. You know, you can't come into this season and expect miracles from Kirk Cousins uh, and expect him to lead your team to a potential Super Bowl run with the, with the roster they have now. I just don't think that's realistic. Yeah, I agree with you, William. I think uh, the only bright spots that I'm hearing out of camp are KJ Osborne. Apparently, is a good wide receiver that might break out this year. I'm not buying it too much. Jordan Addison, I think he's still a couple years away. Young rookie running back, Dwayne McBride. Keep an eye on him. I don't think Alexander Madison makes it through the entire season. Mm. They probably feel they have something with McBride. Or they might add somebody in free agency like Ezekiel Elliott. So let's see what Minnesota is going to do. But uh, again, for all you Dolphins fans, I'm just I'm a bit confused. Why acne? Let's see what happens. But uh, I think you're probably right, William. At the end of the day, Dalvin Cook probably will find his way as a Miami Dolphin. I think I think so. It's kind of obviously not set in stone, but you know th- some things are kind of written in the stars, and I just have a feeling that this could potentially be a uh, match made in heaven now for the for the Dolphins. Got to obviously wait and see. There's uh, still a few, a few free agents out there. We let's jump onto the D Hop now. D Hop uh, last I read, he was interested in potentially joining the Patriots and or the Titans. Uh, like I talked about, the Patriots need to get this done, and if they are able to get this done, I think that would be uh, what makes this team significantly more dangerous. But when I saw the Titans, I was a tad bit confused. Um, I know that you're kind of a guy that uh, supports Tennessee uh, in terms of you know they love their coaching staff and Derrick Henry. Um, but if I'm D Hop, I'm not 100 sure why I'd want to go to Tennessee. If you're Tennessee's coaching staff, Dom, or your general manager, what are you pitching to me as D- DeAndre Hopkins? But I'm D Hop for a second as a potential means for me to take my talent and join the Tennessee Titans. Is there, is there a way they could potentially lure this in and get uh, D-Hop? And what would they be saying to D-Hop to potentially pull him? Because when I saw Tennessee, I got him in. I was pretty surprised. Listen, it's that simple. You you tell a guy that, you know, you might be on your way to the Hall of Fame and you want to pad your stats, come to <laughs> Tennessee. You're going to get plenty of action. We're going to give you the ball at least nine targets per game. And you're going to be able to kind of like, have your your destiny in your hands and have the availability to to put those points on the board that he can obviously do. I think Tennessee is an amazing fit. I think he would get less of the ball in New England. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I really do like Juju Smith-Schuster. I think that he obviously commands a lot of attention on any offense. And between him and uh, Traylon Burks in Tennessee, I, I think that D-Hop is definitely still better than than Traylon Burks. But at this point in his career, Juju, you know, he's pretty much, after his injuries, might have slowed down a little bit, but I still think that he's a premium wide receiver. And between him and, and D-Hop, they're probably 50-50. And, uh, but I think Tennessee, you know, you you tell a guy, you know, you're, you're going to go to the Hall of Fame if you sign with Tennessee. Crazy thing to say, but that's how I would pitch it. Make it to the Hall of Fame, win a Super Bowl, come in Tennessee. 
it's it's a good take and it's a good point. Um, and he's definitely going to be the main guy there if he joins the Tennessee Titans. Jalen Burks, yeah, he's had a you know a few um, a few shining spots in his in his young NFL career, but yeah, definitely got to think Diop will be the the main man there. And uh, Derrick Henry, look, there was uh, talk about him potentially leaving uh, in the offseason. Right now, he's staying put, and you know, hopefully for them that uh, that's something that able to do and and uh, to keep to keep Henry because Henry is you know really the heart and soul of this squad. Uh, look, we see Tennessee quickly now. Tannehill right now, how short of a leash do you think he's on now? Because look, we got Tannehill as a starting quarterback. Uh, obviously, you have Malik Willis as well. Malik Willis unfortunately struggled uh, in his time short career in the NFL so far. Do you think that kind of provides Tannehill with a little bit more time now that they know they may not have the answer, Malik Willis, or do you think that if Tannehill struggles, he can be pulled quickly just to see what they finally do have in Willis? Because uh, look. I mean, you know my take on Tanhill. Uh, I, I think a solid backup quarterback. I just don't really feel like uh, he's a winner or a guy that could, you know, put the team on his back. But what are your thoughts on the quarterback situation there down in, uh, in Tennessee? Well, Ryan Tannehill is a game manager, and as long as he manages the game properly to win more than he loses, I think he'll be just fine. I think they did draft Will Levi, who could potentially provide a little bit of pressure on Ryan Tannehill. I don't yeah. think Malik Willis. I don't know what Malik Willis is doing on this football team. He never yeah. fit the scheme to begin with, or there was a transition that was potentially going to happen that still hasn't materialized. And I'm looking at trying to get Derrick Henry maybe out the door. If Derrick Henry was out the door, Malik Willis could be the focal point in this offense, bringing Tajay Spears, who they drafted very high. This is a whole new offensive uh, scheme. I, I wouldn't like it. I think that this obviously is a very successful formula with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. And I wouldn't change it. I would ride it out maybe maybe two more years. I'm not really huge on Will Levi. I think he was the biggest wild card QB of the draft. And I would take at least two years to develop Will Levi. Maybe, maybe just one. Maybe next year mm -hmm. he starts as QB. But I, I believe in the Titans. I believe that Tannehill can definitely manage a good football game. It's all about whether Mike Vrabel has the personnel to stay tight in those games. And a lot of people don't think they do. A lot of people think that they are gone. They're not going to be in contention for the division. And I would say that these people, unfortunately, haven't seen a lot of Tennessee game because this team is built on their scheme and on their ability to play as a team. There's no hotheads on this football team. It's all about team first mentality. And that wins a lot of football games in the NFL. And that's why I like Tennessee to win the division this year. It's a, you know, it's a, a it's pretty crazy to see it. It's almost a bold take to think Tennessee is going to win the division just because of the hype we've seen around this Jacksonville Jaguar squad. Um, and uh, like I like I told you off air, I always like to buy a little magazine when I when I go on vacation, an NFL uh, an NFL based magazine. And yeah, like in, everyone's bought into the Jaguars hype. And I think that you know, with the addition now of Calvin Ridley, I think people forget that. And this uh, he's going to be joining the squad. Calvin Ridley will. And uh, Agnew has been huge on uh, on his Jaguar teammates, saying you know. He may be uh, one of the more uncoverable wide receivers in the game, uh, Calvin Ridley. And we'll have to see because like, he's been on the football for a while, but I think he could be a very good, more than sa a safety blanket uh, for for Trevor Lawrence now. And we've seen Trevor Lawrence's progression, right? Like the, he is, uh, not only has he been improving, but I think he's kind of solidified himself as one of the more uh, consistent guys uh, and especially late in games, he's shown he's able to to win games in uh, in many different fashions. I think that if you just look back at that Chargers playoff game last year, I think right there, Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, made a name for himself, and uh, and it says a lot about this team and about this squad. And now to think, like I said, they're going to be adding, you know, one of the more dynamic wide receivers in football, Kevin Ridley. We we can't forget he was a, a beast with the uh, Atlanta Falcons, and uh, honestly, at at one point he had overtaken the the starting job of wide receiver one over Julio Jones. So it's it, Tennessee, yes. I, I'm not willing to write them off yet, but it's it's kind of cool to see. I never thought this early in my lifetime, uh, not that I'm a baby or anything, but that the Jacksonville Jaguars are favorites to win the division. They've To me, they've always been one of the worst teams in sports. And to see this team right now uh, create identity for themselves is exciting down in, down in Jacksonville. Yeah, you missed a few years with that Mark Brunel combination there. I did. They had a, a few good years up in Jacksonville when they first started with Brunel. But now it's been a while, as you said, William. And I'm not buying it, though. To be honest with you, I think that this team last year overachieved. They really did. They got into the playoffs. They were supposed to lose, and they're about to. And then they have a miracle comeback. This team, to me, is all hoping that Calvin Ridley is going to change the dynamic of this offense. And as much as I love Calvin Ridley, I still want to see a guy 
after a year of football, I want to see what he's all about and whether or not he's regressed. And so I'm not going to throw Jacksonville up there. They don't have that much that's impressing me in this offense. I never really was a Christian Kirk fan, never really was a Zay Jones fan, but yet they somehow managed to play pretty decent football. I don't like what they're doing at the running back position. They're bringing in Tank Bigsby. I would have made Travis Itzian a three down back. I'm sure he's not a happy camper, Itzian is. But hey, Tank Bigsby is going to come in and let's see if they can coexist. But Doug Peterson, you know, he's got himself a Super Bowl, so we'll give him the benefit of the doubt, even though that Super Bowl is probably the worst Super Bowl win I've ever seen. I know a lot of people <laughs> think it's really special, but quite frankly, it was a bizarre one to say the least. So no, I'm not buying Jacksonville this year. I think they regress, and I think that division's wide open, and anybody, including Houston, can win it. Wow, I like the A. Hey, that's what you love to hear. Division's wide open. All four teams have a chance. All right, folks, so we've talked a little bit about running backs, potential teams that we see favorites in their division. Cool article here on NFL Network, Dom, talking about teams most likely to break, uh, or I should say end their long playoff drought. Uh, we obviously got the Jets, we got the Lions here. There's the Falcons too, the Broncos, uh, Carolina Panthers. A lot of these teams uh, that we see now that could be competitive, especially in the Jets and the Lions, um, that this year that uh, have a long playoff drought. The last time the Jets made the playoffs was 2010. The last time the Lions did was 2016. Um, so I'll ask you, Dom, of the, uh, I guess you can say, of, of the teams that have a little bit, let's say, a playoff drought of four years or more, uh, who do you see as the the number one team that has a chance to to, to end that this season obviously they got the big addition with uh a-rod to the new york jets and the lions are getting better every year um there's denver broncos here you know i think this is a team that people got to keep an eye on because i i just don't see russell wilson struggling again like he did last year but yeah of the teams who would you say is the most likely to to finally end that playoff uh, joe and uh, punch your ticket to the postseason well the obvious pick will be the new york jets i just yeah I just don't know how many people out there are saying that Aaron Rodgers is going to choke and that he's not going to do anything for those Jets. That would be foolish talk, and I'm not going to be one of them that's going to say that. I think that the Jets, as I said on the show, are going to be so good that they're going to make themselves AFC contenders, maybe. Maybe. Obviously, it's a big maybe, but that's where my heart's at. I think that the Jets have the talent from top to bottom, maybe not coaching. If there's one area that the Jets could be weak is to see what will Robert Saleh do in a pressure-cooked situation as a head coach for the New York Jets. We haven't really seen it. That's the million-dollar question for them. But with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, a lot of people have jumped off that guy's bandwagon a long time ago, but I'm not one of them. I just, I love my pocket quarterbacks. I think this guy can zip it. And if he didn't have all those weapons up in the Jets, I would say maybe not, but he does. This team is filled from top to bottom. That will be my team. But I want to hear you, William. Who do you think is going to make the playoffs that nobody sees coming? That's a good question. I'm going to answer that question first, but remind me, I have a follow-up question for you about the Jets, Kate, because I may forget. But before I talk about the Jets, I'm going to go with the team I mentioned, the Denver Broncos, Dom. The last time that these guys made the playoffs, um, it was uh, 2015, okay? 2015. And look, you got Sean Payton now, okay? Obviously, Russell Wilson was on the squad last year. And I know that this team... I talk often about lacking identity, and I think you know this team may be a team that actually lacks an identity, but I think the talent on this team is just too good to pass up on, and I understand that football is a lot about chemistry. Like, Don't get me wrong, in all my years of playing uh, like flag football and you're playing team sports, um, for me, football is the number one where it's about chemistry. And, you know, if a quarterback is not in sync with his receiver, it's, you know, all, all hell breaks loose. and doesn't matter if you have the best players in the league. But I, I really do think that this could be a year that Russell Wilson figures it out. I do like this wide receiving core. I know it's been up and down. I know it, they've struggled to stay healthy. Um, but, you know, I like this defense, too. We can't forget they got guys like Pat Sertan, Justin Simmons as well. Um, and I think that, you know, with the pressure maybe a little bit off of this team now because of last year's struggles um and we you know everyone's super bowl or bust super bowl or bust last year and maybe coming into this season this not a team that's talked about all that much russell wilson's not talked about the biggest question not question mark but the biggest i guess you can say story about this team right now is sean payton right so it's not necessarily uh on the players themselves so i think this team may be flying under the radar and i could see denver uh making the playoffs and even you know, winning a game or two i don't think they'll win the division i really think that kansas city's dynasty um 
is uh, is going to be hard to break. And I got the Chiefs winning this division for sure. But I do think that Denver um, could be that team. And honestly, I'm not just playing devil's advocate here. If I had to pick a team, it may be Denver over the Lions, over the Jets, um, and you know, over over other teams that we could see happening. I'm not sure I buy all the Jets hype yet. I'm going to talk to about that after. But yeah, what are your thoughts on my Denver Broncos pick? I don't think you may not be a huge fan of it. <laughs> You've been talking up Denver from the very get-go <laughs> of this offseason. And yeah. listen, I you're making me a believer as I'm seeing the small pieces that are added to this puzzle, which was Frank Clark. We talked about Frank Clark a few weeks back. I thought that that was a significant addition. But the even more big one, in my opinion, is Mike McGlinkey. I think that having another great right tackle on your offensive line won't hurt Russell Wilson's abilities to be as successful as he was in the years past. Now, if there's one guy that maybe is on his way down is Russell Wilson. So this is basically his make or break. You got Sean Payton, somebody that's extremely smart when it comes to play scheming for the offense. If Russell Wilson can't do it, this is over for the Denver Broncos. So, They've got so much invested in the guy. They're obviously going to hope that this guy, at least if not this year or the next year, will be able to do it. But there are even rumblings at one point. Wasn't it in Philadelphia that they were pitching to get Russell Wilson because he had such an atrocious year? So I'm very perplexed what to expect. It's a very big wild card. But I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos will not make the playoffs, even with those pieces that they added. But the more you talk about them, William, the more you got me looking at them more seriously. Because in that division, it's the Chargers and the Chiefs. And if there's maybe someone that's going to sneak in, maybe Denver gets the last playoff spot. But there's too many competitive teams in the AFC. So I'm going to say they do not make it. On that note, however, you were going to ask me a question about the Jets. What was your follow-up? So, uh, I think I know your answer. I'll answer it after. Better chance the Jets finish first or worse in the division this year? First? Let's see. I'm not sure... I'm not sure I bought all this, the New York Jets hype just yet. I think, you know, a lot of it's going to depend on... This is something I've said before, is, is Aaron Rodgers and how much time he's willing to give himself and his receivers to to hit on the same page. Because a lot of the problems we saw with Rodgers and the Packers was that he was visibly frustrated with, with his receivers, right? And of course, you know, like that's, I, I love showing emotion, right? Showing emotion is great. And we see Pat Mahomes doing it from time to time. We see the greats too, you know, Joe Burrow and yada, yada, yada. That, that, that is true. But I just feel like with Rodgers, it was a little bit different. It was more, uh, crap, you made the mistake, help me out. And look to the sideline, like, oh, coach is like, what are we going to do? Like, what, what more can I do? So I think with the New York Jets, the only reason that I'm not 100% sold on them now uh, is just because, I think that it's going to take time for Rodgers to, to connect with these guys. And if I'm being honest, I wouldn't be surprised to see them finish last in the AFC East. You know, you got the Dolphins who are emerging. You got the, the Buffalo Bills who I think will win the division. The the Patriots, I do think New England will ultimately finish last. But if they're able to get D-Hop, you know, still a well-coached team. You never know what's going to happen in New England. Uh, but, yeah, I'd go and I don't know if it's bold, but I could... I'm not going to say the Jets are going to finish last, but I, if I had to do my top rankings right now, I do think that they'll finish third in the division. Um, and ultimately, it's you know I'm, I'm calling, uh, being captain obvious here, saying it's going to come down to Rodgers. But more specifically, it's going to come down to how Rodgers, uh, how patient he is, how patient and or not he is. Um, because you know this is a young core, right? And Garrett Wilson is a great receiver, and, and man, did he play well against Miami last year, and he played well during the season as well. Um, I think ultimately it's going to depend on, on on this offense, how quickly they gel. And uh, and yeah, like I'm not sure. I think that this may be kind of like the Chicago Bears situation where we may have to kind of take a step back and, you know, say like, let's just let this team uh, you know, make their mistakes, let it happen organically. But, uh, but, but which is kind of cool, which is why I think that it's great for the showdown is because you're kind of that, I don't want to say the opposite there, but you really think the Jets are that honestly a Super Bowl contender, which I think is great. And I'm kind of a little bit more uh, reserved when it comes to the Jets and a little bit more worried on, on certain facets of of their game hey you could be an aaron Rodgers doubter but at the end of the day this guy is a baller granted his stats haven't been tremendous the past couple seasons for the packers but i mean hey listen he brought in alan lazard who i'm not even a fan of and he brought in old man randall cobb this guy's got any type of wide receiver 
at his disposal, a tall one, a fast one, a veteran. He will scheme with whoever he wants to scheme on a weekly basis, and they will, first of all, be most likely a run-first offense, meaning that the pressures on Brees Hall's ability to get back to 100% and to be who we saw at one point last season. That's the guy who I think has the most pressure on this football team, not Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers at 39 years old is a game manager. We all know that, but he's the best game manager available in the National Football League, a guy that is so technically sound. Of course, it comes down to the right receivers not running the proper route because the ball is always, always, in my opinion, delivered in the right area. Granted, any quarterback with pressure in his face won't necessarily throw a great ball, but Aaron Rodgers, most often than none, finds the guy to catch a touchdown in the end zone. And I expect guys like Tyler Coughlin and CJ Ozuma to be two huge tight ends this year for the New York Jets to provide those extra TDs. Keep an eye on the Jets. I'm dead serious. This team is going places this year. I like uh, I like that you mentioned that the tight ends are the kind of guys that get overlooked on the squad as well. Uh, it's pretty crazy to call uh, Aaron a game manager, but I, I do understand what you're saying. I'm not. Uh, I think the Jets are going to try and make it as easy on him as possible, and you know maybe with the play calling in the first few weeks, not necessarily having making him the hero, um, and you know kind of just uh, just kind of lead this team and and the potential with the you got can't forget about this defense, right? This defense is a very good uh, defense as well. Sauce Gardner. Um, we're both uh, big fans of his, and I think that he could, uh, you know, continue to uh, elevate this uh, this team and that defense. Um, we talked about uh, other teams potentially breaking that uh, that playoff drought. You got the Atlanta Falcons. I don't see that happening anytime soon. Then you got the Detroit Lions. Pretty crazy to think about it, Dom. We talked a lot about the Lions, but a stat I want to bring up: the last playoff game the Detroit Lions have won was in 1991, and I thought that the Dolphins, the last time they won in 2000, uh, was a long time ago. But Lions fans, not not making the playoffs, but last time they won a playoff game was in 1991. It's crazy. If I had to put you on the spot right now. Does that and that specific one of them winning uh, a playoff game this year? Yeah, I think it does. I mean, logically, Jared Goff will be able to manage his way to the playoffs. The NFC is wide open for anybody to be successful in. There's not that many quarterbacks. I see the progression that the Lions have done over the years has been very, very good. And if it wasn't for Williams to, to get suspended, I think that this team would be a lock. But the fact that they're going to start off a little slow, maybe out of the gate, unless Jameer Gibbs ends up being oh, an amazing superstar, then the, the Lions will be just, you know, they're going to be fine regardless. I think that this team is a playoff team. And if it's Jared Goff at the helm, that's good. And if he were to get hurt, I still think a guy like Hayden Hooker could come in as a rookie and make the playoffs. Yeah, we've seen it a couple of times. You know, Sanchez did it. Ben Roethlisberger did it as a rookie. And you saw last year, Brock Purdy did it as a rookie. So yeah, we, we've seen it. So even if Hayden Hooker, I think, could lead this team into the playoffs because that offensive line, just like the Jets, is one of the biggest strengths. And when you got an offensive line that can handle any load in front of them, just hand the ball off. Jameer Gibbs is beautiful game tape. Just go look at the game tape. It's just beautiful to watch. I think that translates into NFL success. And he also has David Montgomery. So this team mm-hmm. is loaded. This team's going places regardless who's the QB. And yes, the, the Lions will be in the playoffs next year. Honestly, I, I think the Lions will book their ticket as well. And I'm happy that, uh, you know, you talked a lot about the squad and talked about Gibbs too. I think he's going to kind of be fitting with that, uh, that John Jay Swift type of running back that could, uh, you know, is very shifty, uh, you know, kind of uh, slip through tackles and, uh, you know, big, big, big in the passing game for this, uh, for this squad as well. Um, obviously in the NFL, one of the, the big things is we see coaches in new places. We talked about Sean Payton. We talked about, you know, coaches on the hot seat um, and potentially fired. Who would you say uh, for you, Dom, this year, do you see is more on the hot seat uh, than than any other coach? And I guess I can follow up with a, a follow-up question. Who do you think is going to be the first coach fired this year? Um, so we talk about coaches on the hot seat. We got to talk about first coaches got uh, fired. And we talked about... Um, new new coaches in new places but I want to kind of move on to guys that have been uh, coaching their squad for a while and that's uh, potentially under a lot of pressure because we've seen uh 
coaches on the hot seat over the last little while, you know, a victory here and a victory there and a playoff performance here kind of buys them a little bit more time. But which coach do you think that this year uh, needs to kind of put up or shut up, as they say, and win a playoff game and potentially lead his team a little bit further? And then I guess followed up by that, uh, I could answer that. And then we talked about who do you think will be the first coach that ends up uh, getting getting kicked out uh, this season? Well, Brandon Staley for the Los Angeles Chargers. This guy, I don't even know how he's still there, but he's still there because probably he's got a good relationship with the front office. If he doesn't do it this year, pack his bags, he will be gone. You can't uh, have a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert and not being a successful franchise. So they are loaded from top to bottom. They're going places. They might even be in the AFC Championship game as well. That's my number one guy, Brandon Staley. I have a few others, but uh, I'll wait to hear your picks. Some of them are just monstrous, but let's see your take, and I'll come back with another one after. For me, we talked about the Jets, Dominic, and this team is under... pressure depending which way you look at it maybe A-Rod himself is not under a ton of pressure because people want to give him a little bit of time to, to you know kind of to fit with the squad but for me it's gonna be Robert Salah I think that uh, you know it's great it was story him coming out of San Francisco and that defense and you know how great he was and he's a player's coach and I love that um, and I think that you know he's gonna be uh, on the hot seat and I guess I could say a guy that I kind of linked to him and the passion too is Dan Campbell as well you know I think that this I love the rah-rah the coolest coach in the NFL type business but at the end of the day if you're not putting up numbers and you're not getting your team into the playoffs and winning games. That's all that matters. Unfortunately, the NFL is a business and it's what have you done for me lately type league. And if you're not producing, uh, it's the sad reality. So for me, it's going to be those two guys. Yeah, we can't forget about Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera Mm. for the Washington Commanders has been there forever. Him and old man Jack Del Rio. They have (laughs) run this team to the ground. Granted, they've slowly put the building blocks back, but boy, has it ever taken a long time to do. They shouldn't be there. A guy like Eric Bieniemy, who's the offensive coordinator, I think I called it sometime in the offseason. This guy will be the head coach of the Washington Commanders by next season. I'm calling it already. I don't know what's going to happen in Washington. I would expect it to be decent, but at the end of the day, they might choke at the very, very end, probably because they have a young quarterback in Sam Howell. But for Washington, dude, Ron Rivera, you got to not only make the playoffs, but you got to win one game in the playoffs. Just Mm. making the playoffs for this guy. He's been to the Super Bowl. He's been there forever. He has to do something with his experience there's no excuses and Eric Bieniemy still not being a head coach to me is mind-boggling he he took an offensive coordinator position I don't know why probably he has a bit of 411 that we have no clue maybe a private meeting meaning that Ron Rivera's head unfortunately is on the chopping block and if he doesn't deliver this year Bieniemy will be the head coach by next year I like it, but do you? Th- I'll follow up question for that. Do you think the Commanders have a good enough team to make it to the playoffs? Like for me, uh, I like Terry McLaurin, and I do like a few of the pieces they have. I'm just not sure. And you're right; a good coach should be able to get guys in the playoffs and should get the most out of his players. I don't have high expectations for this Washington Commanders team. So you think that even with maybe not necessarily the the I guess you can say the sexiest roster, that it's still up to Rivera to get these guys in the playoffs. It's just what kind of defense are we going to expect for Washington? Yeah. You know, Chase Young was drafted. This guy's been, unfortunately, injured every single year. They've been developing him so slow. I mean, you might as well put a grandma out there. She probably could play better defensive end than Chase Young because <laughs> he's just not on the friggin' field. So that's the million-dollar yeah. question. Let's see what kind of defense Washington can put out because that offense could play with any offense against any offense in the NFL. And even if it's Sam Howell, he had a whole year to develop. That's the proper way you develop this guy. I loved his game team last year and honestly think he's going to be just fine because he's got two nice wide receivers and Terry McLaren and Johan Dotson. And they have a running back. I mean, galore. They have Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, and they even drafted Chris Rodriguez Jr., who might even fit somehow in this offense. So, no, this team is going places as long as this defense holds and as long as Rivera coaches to make the playoffs and wins a game to somehow solidify his position as a head coach next year. So, yeah, I do see a lot of positive aspects coming from the commanders. 
in an okay. NFC that is wide open, as I said in the top of the show. That is fair. Yes, that's that's a good take. The NFC is definitely a lot more wide open than it usually is. All right, good stuff there. Who would you who do you think if uh, uh, to give you a um, million dollars to get the answer correct? Who is your first coach being fired uh, this season coming to the NFL? Oh, this is simple. He's not even going to make it halfway through the season. Josh <laughs> oh boy. Daniels will be the first coach wow. fired. Probably a guy like Mick Lombardi or Patrick Graham, their offense and defensive corner. Somebody's going to pick up the ball. This is just the worst team. They're going to finish dead last. I'm telling you right now, how can you have, in my opinion, Jamie Garoppolo and Brian Hoyer as your one, number one and number two coming into a season? That is the worst QB lineup that I've seen and I don't know how long. I mean, Aiden O'Connell, a rookie that I've never heard about, is suddenly what? If these guys go down, this guy's going to pick up the torch. And because he's got Devontae Adams, it's supposed to be what? The O'Connell and Adams show? The Brock Purdy story was a -a one-of-a-kind story in San Francisco. You're not going to see this every single year. I'm not buying it. This team, dead last. Halfway through the season, McDaniels gets fired, probably because he's got to put Brian Hoyer, because Jimmy Garoppolo, unfortunately, is going to choke big time. Okay, so you don't expect to see fireworks with Jimmy G and uh, Devontae Adams then? Ah, damn, Devontae Adams. (laughs) Every day he goes to bed, he's thinking, why did I leave Green Bay? I screwed up my entire career to end up with the worst franchise in the NFL, in the Las Vegas Raiders. This team doesn't even deserve a team in Las Vegas. Let's face it, it's been a horrendous horrendous pickup by the NFL to put a team in Las Vegas, in my opinion. It's not like we saw with the Rams moving from St. Louis to Los Angeles. This is an atrocious team. I don't want to see him in Las Vegas anymore. I don't want to see Josh McDaniels, except for an offensive coordinator position somewhere. You seem to be a really good offensive coordinator. Maybe you'll end up in New England for a third time. That wouldn't surprise me as well. Hey, well, safe to say Mr. Demeester is not a fan of this Raiders team. Look, they have some pieces, but it'll be tough for them to not only get out of uh, of this uh, division, but even potentially grab a wild card spot because the AFC, like we talked about, is loaded, specifically that division. To answer my question, Dom, first coach I see being fired, is it too bold to say John Harbaugh? Because I think I'm going to go with John Harbaugh. Look. This Baltimore Ravens team um, has uh, has a lot of superstars, and uh, we know Lamar Jackson obviously got the dough and got his money in this offseason, and uh, rightfully so to some people. Some of you all think it was a little bit much. I think it was, a, it was a lot, quite a bit uh, of money there. They go out, they get Odell, which is a great pickup. They get Flowers in the draft. So I think that right now they've done their part in surrounding uh, Lamar Jackson with tools. So now if you go out and this offense struggles and Lamar struggles – Okay, so who are we going to blame this on? You can't really get rid of, like, Lamar. you got to let him finish the year, finish just maybe his contract out there. Um, and Harbaugh, we talked about as a guy that's been a great coach, but he's been on, I guess you can say, a little bit of the hot seat over the last few seasons, uh, just in terms of, you know, lack of being uh, Super Bowl contenders for this team. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure that if the Baltimore Ravens don't make the playoffs or don't start out hot, that Harbaugh may not, may not be on his way out of Baltimore. I know that may be bold, but, yeah, I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to go Harbaugh for the Ravens, Dominic. Bold indeed. Bold. Somehow even the boldest take of the year so far. Wow. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Harbaugh leaving Baltimore would be quite the news story. But you know what? You have a little bit of legs on this story. And I'll tell you where it comes from. It comes from the fact that I don't think John Harbaugh ever wanted to have Lamar Jackson as his QB. As a matter of fact, I think... If he had to redo it, maybe he'd probably keep it the same. But at the time, he was a huge fan of Joe Flacco. And he got, you know, he got his Super Bowl ring with Joe Flacco. So I can't really blame him there. Bringing in Lamar did for John. Unfortunately, it forced him to develop a whole new offensive scheme based out of the run. And I don't think that's the direction that he wanted to go to. But it is what has transpired in the past couple of years. And now, you know, Lamar finally got his big payday. And maybe in the front office, maybe a guy like John wasn't uh, all for bringing Lamar back. But I think at the end of the day, once you've committed X amount of years in building a football team the way that John Harbaugh did and and, and management, then you're, you're, you're stuck with keeping that direction. Otherwise, you know, you're going to have to do a whole, maybe a whole new rebuild unless there's a quarterback out there that could have uh, been as good as Lamar or, or well, Huntley is definitely got similar skill sets to Jackson. And there was yeah. an Anthony Richardson story that he could have ended up in Baltimore. But 
when I, when everything was all said and done, Lamar was their guy, you know, could there have been a, a better quarterback maybe in the draft, maybe Bryce young, but listen, Lamar Jackson is a Baltimore Raven for a reason. And I think that the Baltimore Ravens will make the playoffs. And I think they're going to beat my Pittsburgh Steelers in week 18 to make the final playoff spot. It hurts for me to say as a Steelers <laughs> fan, but this team is very, 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 very good and very deep. And there's only X amount of spots available for the playoffs. So if I had to take between the Steelers and the Ravens, I'm going against my Steelers because the Ravens have been very consistent, except for maybe last year, because unfortunately Lamar got hurt. Lamar got hurt. It wasn't the same football team, and they almost beat the freaking Super Bowl champions in the Kansas City Chiefs without Lamar Jackson. Now, let yeah, that sit true. with yourself for two seconds. That is you know? true. So John Harbaugh is not going anywhere. Not when you can coach with a backup quarterback and almost beat the Super Bowl champions. This team is there for a reason every year. It's because they can run the football. It's because they can play solid defense, and they have a good coach that can scheme very well. Granted, he always plays with fire and has to depend on his kicker. And luckily, <laughs> the best kicker in the NFL, a Hall of Famer, to say the least. And that guy, I have never seen in all my life watching football, a clutch kicker. You could even put good old guy from uh, Indianapolis Colts. You see, I can't even remember his name. That's how much that Justin Tucker uh, is the Venetary? Venetary, you got him. Between him and Venetary, I would take Tucker. Believe it or not, I would take Tucker. I, I think kick, Tucker is the, the best kicker of all time. I have to definitely agree on that. It's I'm not sure. Like, I think you said it perfectly. It's a clutch kicker. And just you talk about automatics. Justin Tucker is as automatic as they come. Yeah. I Venetary, I have to give him the, 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 the pressure kicks. I don't think yeah. I've ever seen a guy get those kicks in the, in the Super Bowl. I think that's just like you got to be there to see it. So Justin Tucker never really was in that position. Sure, you could right. do it in the playoffs, yes. Sure, you could do it in the season, yes. But what about to win a Super Bowl? That's a whole different uh, level of pressure. So I'll give Venetary kind of that uh, notch on his uh, resume. I never thought we were talking about kickers here on the Power Hour. I like it. But to, to add on to your point, I think that, oh, that uh, you know, Harbaugh, yes, he has done a lot and he's done a lot with, you know, certain situations and Lamar has been injured. So that's a very good take there, Dominic. Got to give credit where credit is due. But I'll tell you something that Lamar is under pressure this year. He got his money and they, like I said, they, it's similar to Tua in the sense that they, Tua now has his weapons and there's no excuse for, oh, you know, he needs this, he needs that. Right now, uh, Lamar has his guys and I, I still think OBJ has uh, has some left in the tank so I think you're talking about pressure on players Dom uh, that Lamar is one of uh, one of the first things that comes to mind this season obviously his quarterback Rodgers I think it's just a few of the guys that we mentioned that are going to be uh, under pressure and people expect to see uh, a playoff run a potentially Super Bowl run out of these guys oh, I do I honestly do I think that if I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan you know I've built myself a juggernaut if there's an area of concern it might be at linebacker, Patrick Queen hasn't really developed to the area that they would have liked. And that's putting a lot of pressure on Roquan Smith, their free agent pickup from Chicago, to be the guy, to kind of like put it all together. And that's a lot of pressure. The secondary, you know, they lost a few pieces. They're, they're still probably trying to think, are we bringing Marcus Peters back? Oh, wait a minute. He cost us the football game last year. Do we really want to bring him back? I think Marcus <laughs> Peters, when it's all said and done, will be a Baltimore Ravens. Just because not a lot of people want to gamble on a guy with that type of attitude. But he's a baller, man. And I like ballers. And this guy could play on any given Sunday. As long as you keep his head contained. In other words, make him not lose his cool. You'll be fine with Marcus Peters. I'm sure he learned his lesson last year. Give him a second shot, Baltimore. Bring in Marcus Peters. And yes, that will take you places because he's a one-of-a-kind DB. And I love my DBs in the NFL. They are the biggest weapons now. I find between right receiver and a DB, everything's all about offense, offense, offense. Got to yeah. get yourself a good DB. Got to get yourself a guy like Marcus Peters back on this football team. Well, no, I like that, Tom, because you're kind of more of that old school, you know, defense wins championships type of guy. And especially now in, in the, the era that we're in with quarterbacks, and we've talked about off-air quarterbacks being flagged uh, for, sorry, defensive players being flagged for breathing near quarterbacks. Um, and I think that, you know, it makes it super, super hard to play defense. And when you got these guys, uh, you know, it's just soaking up all the uh, the adversity of playing man defense against some of the best uh, wide receivers in the NFL. It's, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty cool to see. And look, we talk about guys with the most quote-unquote swag and probably that talk the most. And it's DBs, and you got to like understand why they do it, right? They have to kind of be that uh, that diva uh, and, uh, and kind of that have that belief in themselves because a lot of these wide receivers do have that. But if you're playing defense, 
think about it. Look, you don't know the rut that court, the receiver's running, the receiver does, the quarterback does, and it's not easy to to, to play, especially when you let these guys. I really respect playing man defense uh, with a field as wide as, wide as it is. And now, uh, you know, with these quarterbacks and receivers always on the same page, it's uh, you're right, Dom. It's not easy being a DB in the NFL. I think it's a good take. No, it's definitely not. And I think a guy like Richard Sermon, when he came into the league, really uh, put the position where no one has ever done it. I know Deion Sanders was an amazing DB, but yeah. I just remember being jolted, jolted watching TV, hearing Sherman give his speech when he won the Super Bowl. That to me will always resonate with me as much as Dion resonated with me as well. It's that Richard Sherman mentality that kind of like elevated a lot of DBs out there to be that guy, especially in the new NFL when you're facing like Jamar Chase and Jefferson on a weekly basis. You know, you got to be, a really good DB and uh, a guy like I come back to Marcus Peters amongst many. I want to see, let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. I want to see the revival of Stefan Gilmore because I think yeah. Dallas got themselves a gem in bringing in Gilmore who can also provide some amazing coverage to give that extra second for a linebacker to get a sack. I think great things about Dallas. I got Dallas winning that division this year and a guy like Stephen really? Gilmore. Who's oh yeah, for sure. Dallas will win wow. that division. A guy like Stephon Gilmore will bring the experience needed to be a shutdown corner in the NFL. He might have maybe lost a step step or two, but trust me, when you play DB, it's all about reading the play that's coming in front of you. Guys like Rod Woodson had a long, long career. Yes, I'm putting Gilmore in the same category as Rod Woodson. That's how much I think of him. And I think him landing in Dallas was a perfect spot for those Dallas Cowboys to really go to the next level and maybe perhaps maybe finally make it to the Super Bowl. Well, my buddy uh, Terry Babalisa would be pretty happy if uh, he heard you say that the Cowboys are going to win the division. But I think that uh, that's a pretty good take. I think Stephon Gilmore was kind of one of the more uh, uh, underrated uh, free agent signings this year. And I think that, you know, with his time in New England and his, you know, his experience and uh, just how far he's uh, he's been able to go in postseason as Super Bowl champions, uh, I think that, you know, this we talk a lot about the Cowboys and offense, 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 and what they need to do and the fact that they'll probably lose Zeke. I'm with you, Dom. I think this is one of the more you know, I guess you can see signings that went under the radar so far in this offseason with Gilmore and what he brings to the table. And look, you got Diggs, obviously, and maybe you could teach him, uh, you know, a thing or two uh, about about the position, but not that Diggs needs any any more, any more help. But yeah, I think this was a, a really good signing. I think that Dallas, for this season, we talk about Prescott there. It's really a make-or-break deal, make-or-break year for, for Prescott, I should say. But uh, it really is a lot up to this defense. And, uh, you know, with, with the receivers they have and the talent they do, it's it's kind of easy to kind of forget about uh, this, this talent and how stacked they are on the defensive side of the ball, the Cowboys. I'm just enamored with his linebacker core. I think Mika Parson, Vander Esch, and they added Overshone, who I think is going to be frigging amazing in this defense. And you already have Demarcus Lawrence. Because we're going to see the Blitz coming out of Dallas being their secret recipe under Dan Quinn. And they will annihilate teams this year. Yes, that's how big I think Dallas wow. will be. They will be a juggernaut. And it's all about Dak Prescott. Just, hey, hand the ball to Tony Pollard and let him run the football and play a very good game manager which it is Dak Prescott. If he doesn't have to frigging force the ball and he manages the game through the play action, Dak Prescott is as good as a QB as anybody. You know, your buddy always talks about his stats. They're, they're, they're there for a reason, his stats, because he can throw the ball well when it's play actions and when it's, you know, maybe sometimes games get out of hand, Dallas can somehow put the final nail in the coffin. So expect big things for the Dallas Cowboys this year. I certainly do. I think Mike McCarthy will finally get the credit that he deserves. Honestly, look, we talked about uh, the the Eagles and them potentially making a run back at the Super Bowl. Um, and, you know, obviously the Cowboys and a lot of teams uh, in the NFC are going to have uh, a lot to say about that. But, yeah, I think for Dak specifically, it's, it's a make or break year for him. It's, you know, it's, it's time for him now. Uh, he's got the weapons. They, I would have liked to see them go after a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. But, look, they, ha they have the offense and they believe that, uh, that right now their pieces are put in place. So, yes, it's going to be, like you said, Dak puts up numbers. It's just going to be, can he do it in the clutch and can he do it in crunch time and can he do that two minute drill where they're down by four with you know two minutes left and have one time out can he put the team on his back 
back and rallying them forward. But we talk about the running backs and you talk about Tony Pollard, but Zeke now, this is kind of surprising. I'm really surprised talking about it with my dad the other day, just to, to think that Zeke still hasn't found a home in the NFL. We talked about a guy that was drafted super, super high uh, out of Ohio State and, you know, had the promise to be to be a Hall of Famer and to put up a bunch of numbers. And he did have a great career with the Cowboys. But the fact that he is still homeless is really, really surprising to me that uh, that we still haven't seen uh, anybody sign Ezekiel Elliott. I know we got time. I know it's training camp and the preseason hasn't started and maybe we're waiting for an injury to happen. But I thought teams would have, you know, jumped at the opportunity to get a guy like Zeke on their squad. Man, don't get me started on the amount of disrespect the running back position is getting in the NFL. Guys like Barkley's having problems getting a, a new contract. I mean, the guy had probably one of the most impressive football games in the playoffs that I've seen in a while in terms of his energy and his determination is exactly the type of back you want to play at a high level. And he's having problems getting a a contract renewal at the right price. They are literally destroying the market value for the running back positions. We're looking at currently Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, all these four backs, in my opinion, are really darn good football players, and they should be on a team right away. But they're not because teams are waiting to get the last possible contract at the lowest possible value so they can fit underneath their salary cap. And who's paying the brunt of it? The running back position. It is sick. I can't stand it. And I hope some way, somehow, in 10 years, unfortunately, they fix when the new collective bargaining agreement will be expired in 2030 because it is a frigging disaster seeing superstars on football teams not getting the value they deserve. Granted, players play maybe only a certain amount of time on the football field. I'm sorry, but the running back position, predominantly, if he's a three-down back, he is there on the entire offensive play. It is a disgrace. Guy like Dalvin Cook having to play for peanuts. Guy like Ezekiel Elliott going to have to play for for peanuts. They're 27 years old. It's not like they're 35. They're 27 years old. And they think the NFL, they can get away with this. It is a disgrace. And that's my take on the current running back position in the NFL. Hey, I like it, Dom. Tell him how you feel. You never want to sugarcoat things. I think Saquon is the perfect example. He literally carried the team on his back and to a playoff spot and to a playoff victory over the, the Minnesota Vikings. And I think that, look, as Danny Dimes improves in the NFL, it is still the team uh, that is led by Saquon Barkley. So, yes, running backs are, are super, super important. And I think that... Uh, Hopefully, we'll be seeing some of these guys get signed. It's true. Leonard Fournette is not even a guy that we talk so much on the show, and he's so looking for a home. And it will be cool to see Cream Hunt potentially get a chance to be a number one running back because I think that he is that good, and he still has enough left in the tank. All right, though, folks, thank you very much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Power Hour. We took a little bit of a break last week, so thank you for letting us off the hook for that. We'll be back next week, same place, same time. And again, thank you to all of our listeners. Enjoy the summer. And uh, I don't know, Dom, something's telling me Dalvin Cook's getting signed within the next few days. That's just my gut. Always got to follow your gut. All right, folks, see you later. Thanks for tuning in. You were listening to CJLO, 69 a.m. in Montreal. <laughs>